Everybody, it's time for the Rope Drop Radio Star Wars special. I'm Derek Sassman, and I am excited because, Doug, in a few hours, we will be going to the movie Star Wars Rogue One, probably the most anticipated movie, the most excited I've been since, well, of course, The Force Awakens. But, Doug, are, are you getting excited? I'm excited. I'm ready. I have a, a mandate all planned out, so it's good. I'm ready to go. Yep, we got a babysitter. We got a double date we'll be doing with some other Rope Drop Radio listeners. And uh, the reason why we're recording this now, it's going to be kind of in two parts. We're going to talk uh, the history of Star Wars, some more fun Star Wars facts of what's to come in the Star Wars land and the experience. And then in the last 10 minutes, roughly, of this show, we're going to do our Rogue One review. So we're breaking this into two records, uh, one right now before the movie and then after the movie. That way... Just so everyone knows, the first chunk of this podcast is completely spoiler-free. We will not talk Rogue One because right now we haven't seen it. So who knows? And I am I'm honestly staying off the internet as we speak because I am so scared of any spoilers. Yeah, my Twitter presence has definitely decreased since the premiere the other night. I was kind of looking at a lot of um, pictures of the premiere and I'm like, what am I doing? What if, what if somebody says something they're not supposed to? And then I quickly... Got off Twitter. So, yep, we, I'm I'm on an internet ban so. until uh, the the movie premieres, and then I cannot wait to talk to you about it and give our review, which will then probably be spo- full of spoilers. But really, what's awesome is that this partnership uh, that Disney has with Star Wars and Lucasfilm they actually bought it out. But it has started a long, long time ago in a galaxy. Well, no. Here, but it's really amazing the the whole Star Wars Disney uh, experience that has happened and the history of it is fascinating. So I thought we'd start today's show talking a little bit about the history and what has happened, and talk a little bit about what's to come with uh, the theme parks and of course the movies. Then we'll finish off with our review. So, uh, Doug, let me ask you a question. I know you know the answer to, but when did a Star Wars A New Hope come on out? May 25th, 1977. And here's the coolest part of that. Two days later, Space Mountain opened up in Disneyland. So you had the biggest space opera movie, which no one thought would be popular at all, open up. And then two days later, Space Mountain opens up, which is the beginning. Now, Disney and Lucasfilms at the time had nothing in common except the two cool space things, movie and attractions. Well, Lucasfilms was just barely a thing. You know, it was still just George Lucas hoping to make this movie that people thought was pretty crazy. And, you know, they'd see the movie, they'd go ride Space Mountain. They'd see ride Space Mountain, go see the movie. It was just a great partnership without even being a partnership. And, and, they, and it's really neat. If you look at the history, uh, it was like a 400% increase in attendance during that summer, and it's from what you said, people were leaving the theaters and, and their annual pass holders driving down to Disneyland. I mean, and by driving down, it's going across the street and then just riding the attraction over and over. And the wait times for Space Mountain were four, five, six hours. And so Disney knew right away that this Star Wars thing, it's something special and we want to be a part of it. So they started talking right away to Mr. George Lucas about how do we bring Star Wars into the parks. Mm-hmm. So that, that 
the partnership started in 1986 between Disney and Lucasfilms, um, which brought eventually a couple things into the parks, right? And uh, you'll notice a lot of them at Hollywood Studios on the East Coast, and then they're in Disneyland on the West Coast. And it's not just Star Tours. It is Indiana Jones is under that umbrella, so we can think the whole Star Wars relationship for Indiana Jones, but that's enough about Indy. Um, we'll get back to Harrison Ford's other movies. So Star Tours... When did that open, Derek? July twelfth, nineteen eighty nine. So hey, wow. I was actually I was actually alive for that one, and it, it and just like Space Mountain, it opened to massive lines, a uh, huge fan base. Of course, uh, this was a ride that was in development for a while. Uh, the whole reason why George Lucas was really brought in was this whole um, uh, NASA was kind of developing this pilot system that ended up turning into a theme park attraction. Uh, and just really cool. If you, everyone, I'm sure, listening has hopefully been on this ride. Let's hopefully. You know, the motion simulator stuff mm -hmm. was brand new then, and the neat thing about it is they could build a high-capacity roller coaster, essentially. The problem with roller coasters is they're low-capacity. You could only run so many trains. But the simulator thing, they have, I don't know how many simulators exactly. It's, it's four in one park and three in the other. Oh, I thought it was more than Maybe, that. I, I'd have to look it back up. I know there's four in I one think, of the parks. Hollywood Studios has even more. I don't know. Maybe they they, they may have on. added some with the. Yeah, the, we'll have to look that one up for it's, you. Yeah, which even for and, and it's thirty. I believe it's thirty six people can ride it. Yeah, at so way more than a coaster, but yet you get the coaster like feel uh, with the motion simulator. And the best thing about Star Tours, the original one, I think, is that what was on the screen for a motion simulator attraction was familiar to the audience, and that helped it become such a huge success. You were in the X-Wing, in the trench of the Death Star, blowing it up. And I, I, Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, everyone remembers their first time. I was nine, and Star Wars was already my favorite movie. And this ride just completely blew me away. I mean, it was by far the best ride I've ever... It was an experience at the time. I mean, it, you know, nowadays kids might not see it as much because it's not a roller coaster. It's not all these new techie things. But at the time, I mean, that was the peak of what you could do in a theme park. And it was at a time when the public, like the Star Wars fans, were kind of starving for new material. Mm -hmm. You know, there hadn't been anything new really happened since uh, Return of the Jedi. And it had been a couple years after that. So it, it was really the first thing outside of the theaters that you could go and physically do, be part of the movie, which is pretty remarkable. And the great and thing, and the great, it's still around today. They uh, remodeled it, so you have the Star Tours Part 2. The adventure yeah, continues. The, the came adventure out in, a few years ago in 2011. Uh, I've been on it. I know you've been on it several mm -hmm. times. I actually don't like it as much as the original. What? I do. No? I, there's something about nostalgia oh. that I like about the original. Yeah, you that's like kind of got the one Derek story. Or something. Yeah, I'm so I, old. I love that it's rewritable um, because you can get different scenarios. They've been able to, so they redid it before the Force Awakens came out, and they're able to add scenes from the Force Awakens and characters from the Force Awakens into it. So sometimes you get. You know, the new characters, sometimes you get old characters. It's a mix, and every time, slightly different. They are not, though, going to add anything from Rogue One into Yet. the Force. 
into this attraction, which I I was a little surprised by. But they're going to keep it in the the storyline in canon rather than universe is how they're separating Rogue I, One. I, I really is think universe, if, if, if Rogue One makes two billion dollars like The Force Awakens, they'll be It'll adding get, something. I, yeah. You know, so originally. Well, they were getting on to the movie now. They weren't forecasting the opening weekend to be anything like Force Awakens. But after pre-sales, they're starting to forecast Rogue One to be similar. So we'll see. But they have openly said we're adding Episode 8 in, Mm -hmm. but not Rogue One. Which I could see him sticking with that, even if Rogue One is huge. Because Darth Vader is going to be in Rogue One. He's already in the attraction, so... That that can work. I don't well, know. Well, let's so, go. Let's go back in time a little bit because Star Tours came out in '89, and then you kind of started to see more of the merchandise come in. You started seeing Mickey and Minnie as Luke and Leia. Uh, you saw, you know, Goofy as Darth Vader. Star Wars Weekend started. The uh, mm-hmm. Jedi Training Academy started in the fall of 2007. So it just seems like every year Disney, uh, without owning. Lucas Films and Star Wars at the time, they're just getting more and more of the branding into the parks. And I know you've gotten experience from Star Wars weekends and your kids have done yeah. the, the Jedi training and everything. The Star Wars weekends, I think, might have been our best weekend at Disney World. And they don't do Star Wars weekend anymore because they're kind of changing what they want to accomplish. But Star Wars weekends were awesome. It was three solid days and celebrities, and you got to meet. Like we met Ashley Eckstein and James Arnold Taylor and Ray Park and just all kinds of Star Wars celebrities. Those aren't celebrities. Like they walk down the street, I don't think anybody is stopping them, right? Unless it's a Star Wars fan. But at Star Wars weekends, they're huge, and so the shows you saw, the stuff you learned behind the scenes, the care you could meet all kinds of characters. You could meet. Padme Amidala, you could meet Ahsoka Tano. You can't meet them anywhere else. Um, you could also meet Luke, Leia, C-3PO, R2-D2, I mean, and all the Sith characters. Star Wars weekends were awesome. I'm sad to see they're gone. Maybe once the Star Wars experience, it will be just like constant Star Wars weekends. We'll see. And, and um, I think that's, that's later that's, in the show. And that's the idea, you know, as we're going to get into. Uh, they did. They got rid of Star Wars weekends, uh, Mostly because of something that happened in uh, October 30th of 2012. And that is when Disney bought Lucasfilms for four, I'm going to get this right, four billion dollars. Four yeah. billion. And that kind of, if I mean, if you were, I remember that day. I'll never forget it. I mean, Twitter blew up. Facebook blew up. It was a very kind of controversial decision yeah. with Disney buying. And it, to me, it made sense. They already have it in the parks. They've had a partnership. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas is a fan of Disney. It makes sense for Disney to buy it. Uh, but there's a lot of people on both sides. So let me ask you, Doug, what side were you on? I thought um, it was a deal. Um I remember that day, and I remember having a conversation with a couple of patients. They couldn't believe they paid $4 billion for Lucas. And there are people that don't really know what all Lucas encompassed. Lucas Films is a big brand. Mm-hmm. There's more than just Star Wars. Uh, it also got the sound, you know, Skywalker sound. All that sort of stuff was in that package. Um, 
Lucas was having some financial issues, some management issues. They were kind of a hot mess. And so there was some industry people saying, like, Disney way overpaid. They could have got them for less. I'm thinking $4 billion, and they immediately announced, we're going to do another trilogy. Yep. Like, I, it was like the I, same It was like day the same almost. breath. I, I don't know if it was the same press release or separate press release, but it was instant. And as soon as they said, like, yeah, we're actually going to do something with this. We're not just going to buy it and hide it away so that we don't have to pay royalties for what mm-hmm. we have in the parks. It, which that saves them money right there. They don't have to pay any royalties for what they have in the parks because it's their own. So, yeah, it, it was a good deal. And uh, I think anybody that said it was a bad idea after seeing the return on just Force Awakens I, has to be crazy because well, they've got their return on investment. Well, and, they, and, and no one at the time, everyone thought, I, I remember, $4 billion. I mean, $4 billion is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And yeah. it would make Dr. Evil blush. It, it would, and but he's not Star Wars. Well, no. uh, so, so but, I can't remember any ransoms in Star Wars, so I'll just... Jabba the Hutt would blush. There we go. Perfect. The, the Hutts would even blush. So, and, and I was actually on the, on the side. I was excited. I mean, being a Disney and Star Wars fanatic. Oh, yeah. I remember my wife and I. I mean, I just saw my status in time hopper. She's like, yay, so excited. This is the perfect deal. And for me, I was like, $4 billion. They got a steal in just the merchandise that they're going to flip in the mm-hmm. park. And, uh, you know, and they announced the new trilogy. You, like you said, the same breath. It was, it was very soon. The one thing that everyone wondered, though, was what are they going to do with the parks? And I think we learned a lesson from Avatar, which we keep making fun of on this show constantly, that they are going to yes, that they are going to take their time to make an announcement on what is going to come and where it's going to go. I mean, everyone kind of had a feeling it should go to the studios, but they Bob Iger really he didn't make that same mistake he did maybe with Avatar and and you know announcing the movies great, but Everyone wanted to know. Okay, that's great. We have we we have Star Wars. I want to ride the rides. Uh, what are you going to do? And so they took their time, and and I feel like the Star Wars Land experience has been a really great thing that they've you know the Imagineers have really developed. And then uh, let me get the exact day for you: August fifteenth, twenty fifteen. So we're looking at almost three years. Almost three years. They past, announced they announced the Star Wars Land coming to that was the studios. Three very long years, Derek, for me. I every I know every time there was like a press release or um, stockholder meeting type stuff, um, D twenty three events. Mm-hmm. I was waiting. Like the last D twenty three before that, I was thinking this they're gonna it's gonna be this D twenty three. We made fun of Avatar, and, and they wasn't. announced, "Hey, we got the rights to Avatar. We're building Ooh. Avatar." And so, I, you and know. then it was like three years before they broke ground. So I I don't know which is worse. No, like they're not knowing whether they're even gonna do anything, or knowing they're gonna do anything but not seeing anything happen. So we make fun of Avatar, but at the same time, I was like, just just let me know you're going to actually put something in the parks. Just give me enough of an announcement saying, like, yes, it's coming. We just don't know what yet. That's, I think, all I wanted for those three years, and I would have been okay. But, well, man, they, it was they, a long wait. It was, but they're starting to redeem themselves. Uh, and they knew they had to do something right away. So a few months later in November, 
they opened, they reopened the, uh, kind of the area that is now the launch bay and it really has just become a placeholder for what the Star Wars land experience. Like, Hey, let's, mm -hmm. you know, they got rid of Star Wars weekends and they opened up the launch bay. So you got Chewbacca, <laughs> you had Darth Vader. Now you have, uh, Kylo Ren. Sorry, your sneeze is what took me off guard. Now I got to. Whoop! All right. Let's, now I got to make an edit. So you have Chewbacca. Now you, you also have Kylo Ren in the launch bay. They did have Darth Vader for a little bit. You have Jawas walking around. You have a really amazing, probably the best gift shop I've ever been in. And so this launch bay has been a really good placeholder in the studios just to get people kind of excited for, we could say, massive massive construction i mean there's you were just there there's construction walls everywhere hollywood studios is more construction than not construction a lot of weird dead ends um but they were pouring cement in the uh star wars area and the toy story land um when i was there so i went there's a balcony at rizzo pizza which is the new muppets themed pizza area. I mean, it's a rat making pizza, so take that as you will. But they have a balcony outside, and you can see into the construction of Star Wars, and off in the distance is Toy Story from there. And I could see they were pouring some foundations, probably for utilities and that type of stuff, which has to be done for roadway type things mm -hmm. to facilitate the construction. But uh, that means a lot of the demo, like they had a lot to tear out. And they had that massive Lights Motor Action Stadium they had to get rid of. The That's Honey, gone. I Shrunk the Kids area. Yeah. I mean, um, this is going to be a The studio huge catering park. company is gone. Uh, the Backlot Tour, all of that just gone. I don't think anybody's really sad about what left the studios. And if you are, I'm sorry. But what's coming is so much better. Um, and it will hopefully be out and done before my children graduate high school. So that's the main hope now. They haven't given an exact date yet. Uh, no. All the insiders say 2019, 2020. But the one for sure that we have gotten is the, um, is the 50th anniversary of the Walt Disney World. And that will be 2021. And it sounds like from the Imagineers, it's, you will get this done by that time. We're not having another Avatar. We're not going to have... You know, the rivers of light that keep breaking down. Like, it will be 100% done and finished at least by 2021. Which, you know, that's only a few years away. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping, um, like at the studios, like, I'm hoping we get Toy Story by 2019 and a first phase of Star Wars in 2019. Mm -hmm. And it does. It sounds like there's going to be multiple phases opening mm -hmm. up. Uh, they want to be able to, like the launch bay, they want to give fans something at a time. Uh, I know there's even been talk, we talked to Indiana Jones earlier, you know, there is talk about maybe getting rid of Indiana Jones right there, which would make me completely devastated because I love that attraction. I know that's still one that's been up in safe. the air. It, I think it's, it's safe. Well, it's safe because they rent it out to cheerleading competitions and stuff like that. they're not going to so, do that anymore soon. So, so they, they just cut off. Mm. So so I, I forget the exact day, but so in six months or so, they, they're mm. all done renting it out. And so that's yeah. kind of the big question. Oh, if you're not renting it out anymore and they're not, they're not pouring any money into it, 
is it going away? And it's kind of been, uh, you know, it, my favorite part is uh, the Hollywood and Vine was originally on uh, some of the plans to get rid of. But because of that, uh, Disney Junior lunch is so extremely popular because uh, it sounded like that was going to be a Tatooine type, the first one, but it's a Disney Junior somehow uh, saved that one. So hopefully, I know we've talked yeah. about that in the past. I think the only thing in danger right now is the Muppet stuff and Mama Melrose. I think everything else is safe uh, because right now that sits between the Star Wars experience and the Star Tours attraction. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of oddly placed, but they just put money into a new restaurant in that area. So it's hard to imagine them remodeling a whole restaurant for six months and then bulldozing it a year later. But Disney has done crazier things, so I will never say never. But uh, I, I think they have the land they want to make the Star Wars experience. So I think Indiana Jones is safe. I think a lot's going to hinge on the next movie. Yep. Um, if it's good, I think they'll try to incorporate that. Maybe change the show for the first time since 1989. Just a wild idea. But that might help it. Uh, you know what? I could see Indiana Jones becoming the Star Wars stunt show. You know, true. like you said, it's if Rogue One uh, blows up, if Episode Eight blows up, which I'm sure they will. Uh, you know that then Disney starts tweaking some other things. Uh, we've talked about in this in this podcast before that the studios is going to eventually become the Star Wars slash Toy Story slash couple thrill rides park. Yeah, and, and who knows? I mean, if Guardians of the Galaxy out west is super popular, who knows what happens to Tower of Terror in that whole corner of the park? That's true. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy could take it over. Well, and Guardians is coming to Epcot, so I guess not. But Marvel, yeah. they're they're Jones trying to find where. Firm. It's there's it's test firm. balloon. Now we're getting yeah. into Marvel. Let's get back into to, yeah. to, this is our Star Wars well, special. Uh, so some other things that have happened in the park, Star Wars wise, that we haven't mentioned: Hyperspace Mountain out west at Disneyland. I had a chance to ride that attraction. Um, it made me never want to go on regular Space Mountain again. It blew my mind. You felt like you're in that X-Wing again. Just like the first time on Star Tours where you felt like you're flying the X-Wing. Like You felt like you're in a battle trying to get rid of the Death Star. I mean, you felt like you're in a dogfight in space in Hyperspace Mountain. It was awesome. It was worth the hour. I stood in a line that may or may not close any moment because it was in soft opening. So it was cool. Like kids loved it too. That the kids really thought Hyperspace Mountain was awesome. Um and we do know that for a special event they changed Rock and Roller Coaster into a version of Hyperspace Mountain. Although it'd be rock and Space Star Wars. Type. I I, really, I don't know what they called it. I still think that but, ride is going to. I know they're putting a little bit of money into it right now, but I do think that ride is eventually going to change. I could just see it happening. Fast forward, twenty twenty one. Aerosmith can only last so long. I mean, Armageddon I, wasn't that the peak, and that was another yes, space movie back in that the was their late only 90s. number one hit. Was the song from Armageddon, and it's not even one that I think is their best, but. Um, my kids like Aerosmith because it's, it's kind of weird, but, uh, I can see that like the whole thing just going Star Wars or, mm -hmm. um, or even if they switch that into a Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, some of the flight scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy are, are very good and well done and you could easily do a Guardians of the Galaxy tower and 
um, coaster right next to each other. So well, we have uh, I'm already tangents. super excited now for everything that's coming out. Let's back up a second. Uh, I did want to mention, we talked earlier about the $4 billion that was spent. And everyone, oh, it was a bad price. That was kind of the the gist, was everyone thought they way overpaid. Um, but The Force Awakens comes out. J.J. Abrams was uh, one of the uh, picks from George Lucas. Some of the little involvement that he had was picking the right director. And mm-hmm. if you want to hear a great story, is the, the directors that they had um, all lined up and people saying, no, it's too much. But they picked J.J. Abrams, who, you know, did Star uh, Star Trek and then now yep. into Star Wars. And that movie, you know, we could say was a pretty big success when it ends up being the number Safety. one box office, $2 billion in the U.S. So Disney, you know, hits, hits a grand slam out of the gates with the first movie. And it really is kind of a reimagine of A New Hope. I know... A lot of critics go back and forth. I love the movie. I liked it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, we watch it every couple of months. It's fantastic. I, I think it was a great movie. Very well done. I think one thing Disney does, uh, and Marvel Studio, uh, so Lucas Studio, Marvel, and Disney. I think they're very selective with their directors, and I think when they select a director, they they give them some freedom to be themselves. But they don't pick somebody that's going to be too crazy and out there. But they're also not going to pick somebody that's not going to take any risks. They're not going to push the boundaries. Um, I think Disney's a lot more particular with their director selections. And they kind of have some oversight with the whole story. And we're seeing them do that with Star Wars like they've done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, They put Kathleen Kennedy in that position with Star Wars where she's overseeing not the film but she's seeing the big picture and so i think that's one thing that i think disney has done with marvel that they've started to do with star wars that's going to pay dividends as well yep and and it's i mean such such a fantastic opportunity and and with uh jj having creative control i mean two billion dollars speaks for itself he he did what he needed to do and what i love is that he's not doing the sequel uh, in, um, you know, we have uh, different directors getting their creative mm-hmm. ideas in there. And, I mean, you know, The Force Awakens came out uh, just six months-ish after Bob Iger announced the Star Wars land. And what's great about that is it kind of gave um, Disney some ideas and some uh, creativity with this new Star Wars experience. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, are we going to go to Hoth? Are we going to go to Tatooine? It's going to be all new lands that we've never seen. And, and Imagineers are really able to get uh, their creative idea. One of the best stories I've actually ever heard was when Diagon Alley opened up. And I've heard this from so many uh, different Imagineers have talked about it. And, and here's a, a funny little extra tidbit. Some of the Imagineers from Disney were actually headhunted to do the Diagon Alley. And so um, now, so they kind of bounce back and forth, which I think is really funny. Uh, mm-hmm. But so all the Imagineers who were working on the Star Wars went to Diagon Alley at Universal Studios. They saw how great they did. They went back to the execs at Disney and said, "Hey, Force Awakens made two billion dollars. We need an extra five hundred million to make this park 
this area of the park better than what Universal has done for Diagon Alley. And, and it sounds like, you know, I'm sure there's some back and forth a little bit, mm -hmm. but it sounds like Disney's like, okay, here's a check, yep, you know, let's do and, it. And so they're, they're, they're learning from their mistakes. I mean, the biggest mistake they made at California Adventures, they, they ended up cutting the price um, and, 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 you know, when they opened that park, they cut it from a little over a billion to it's, uh, you know, 500 million roughly. And, and now it sounds like with star Wars, they're like, okay, you spend money now, you're going to make more money in the long run. And I'm really, that's probably one of the things I'm most excited about is that they're learning, they're growing, they're adapting. They see that their competition is really stepping up the bar, which is then making them do it. And, we're going to put some of the 3D renders and modeling on our Twitter and Facebook. But this Star Wars, have you seen some of these some of these mm -hmm. ideas that they have for the Star Wars experience? Yeah, there's there's a patent out there about an actual lightsaber like that guests will use. So, I yeah, let's let's just be ready for anything. Well, the one I'm most excited for is, uh, so if you've been to Diagon Alley, they have the wands and, and it can do, mm -hmm. you know, there's like, you know, a dozen plus yeah. places that you can do fun little magic and kids, kids love it. And I was like, oh, it's really cool. I know my kids will absolutely love that. So they saw that and they're like, I have an idea. And I, I we don't know if it's going to be with the magic bands. Now there's new magic bands coming out very soon uh, that you can do force pushes. So there might be a rock in a distance and you stand in a certain spot and you do a push and the rock moves and stuff like that. Um, and so they're incorporated like that has been an added idea on the second stage of ideas after visiting Diagon Alley that I, I'm going to be one of those geeks that will get whatever band I will pay mm -hmm. top of the dollar for this band, and I will go to every force push pull. If somehow I can shoot uh, force lightning out of my hands, I, I don't care what the cost is. I will I will do it all, and I'm sure. And you're willing to bump your child out of the way to do it at the same time, right? Yes. Yeah. Will, okay. Just making sure. I they will absolutely love it. I mean, my kids are still the kids that when we and, and I'm the same way. When we walk into a grocery store, um, they will go use the force and they'll push the doors open uh i don't know where they got that from i don't know uh, no i but i can i can just see that this whole with as many star wars fans as they're out there and they're incorporating this into the parks all around the world yeah it's just people are gonna love it i mean yeah. you see everyone does that at the grocery store now you get to do it in the parks and um it's just really gonna it's gonna be such an escapism to get out of Orlando or out of California and now you're you're a Jedi. Yep. I think I'm ready for it to open, but it's not gonna happen for a while. So I'm gonna have to just be happy with what we have in the launch bay. I can go take a picture like I'm holding blue milk at uh, the cantina and uh trade with Jawas. That's all we got right now. Oh and Chewbacca. And, and Chewbacca. We can meet Chewbacca, see Kylo Ren. So who's lying? That's what we got I now. do think I do think it's funny to. that Chewbacca's line is pretty much always double Kylo Ren's line. Well, no one wants to meet a whiner, so yeah. that's part of the Skywalker lineage, though, of whining. So well, we we can debate all the movies in a future episode, um, but uh, the movie that we want to see right now is about to come out. We're about to go to it, um, but before we kind of warp into uh the second half of this show uh is there anything else you want to share with your experiences maybe as a kid as an adult 
uh, just with Disney and, of course, Star Wars. Disney and Star Wars. We did do the inaugural Disney Star Wars Day at Sea. That's another place that they're throwing Disney in. And that was fun. We expected it to be a Star Wars weekend at sea. It wasn't quite up to that standard. Star Wars weekend was so amazing. We had ridiculous standards. But Disney Cruise Line always does an awesome job. They really don't need to do extra. But mm-hmm. uh, it was fun to be on a ship with a lot of Star Wars nerds. My um, R2-D2 suitcase got a lot of love. Um, you know, we, we got different t-shirts for most every day off like Redbubble and T-Fury and those type of places. So if you're looking for some cool Star Wars shirts, there's a shout out to those websites. But uh, yeah, how about random off the script here, Derek? Who is your favorite Star Wars character and why? Oh my goodness. My favorite. You can throw it back at me. I haven't thought about this. Let's, let's finish with this type of... Well, it's, to, it's, to know well first, I, I got to give some love to my kids. I know we've talked about this in the show before. My daughter just had a Chewbacca-themed birthday party. So Chewbacca is all over our house. In fact, right now we have a giant Chewbacca balloon kind of attached to our Christmas tree. So, oh, everybody has that on I, Oh, their yeah, chair. of course. You know, <laughs> a, a three-foot-tall, full-body Chewbacca balloon. So, uh, you know, that that is definitely probably the family's uh, favorite, but. You know what? I, I just got to go back to, to who I am. Uh, even though I am a Jedi, I do love Han Solo. Uh, I know my wife and I almost always say, I love you. I know back and forth. Uh, our first you know, three dates, we rewatched the uh, the real trilogy, the original trilogy. And so we, we definitely kind of compare ourselves to Han and Leia. So going Han Solo, we're talking about so we're doing the uh, star wars races this year for run disney and i'm thinking about our costume and um i saw a shirt that said scruffy looking nerf herder so that's what you are huh that is what i am scruffy looking nerf herder all right that's a good one han solo Um, and what about you my favorite is a little little is not in the theatrical releases and you would have asked me this question like seven, eight years ago. I have no way I would have said this character. But my favorite is Ahsoka Tano. Right? That's a little, a little strange, right? A teenage female Jedi. But without the character of Ahsoka, I don't think my oldest daughter, Samantha, would have quite fallen in love with the Clone Wars like mm-hmm. she did. She started watching them. And then as Ahsoka's role grew throughout the first couple seasons... She really, really clung to it. In first grade, she chose Ahsoka to, for Halloween over all the princess costumes. About killed my wife. Michelle just was besides herself. Like, oh my gosh, she's a Jedi. She's going to carry a sword around. And then I'm like, well, not one. She's going to carry two. And they're like, oh, you know. So Ahsoka Tano, um, she, that character, and of course the voice acting of Ashley Eckstein um, really brings her to life. That's what made our Star Wars weekend trip, we originally thought like a year or two before we did it, that would be a boys trip. And the girls were going to go do something else. Um, But then it became a whole family trip. And I credit Ahsoka Tano for that. So that's why she's my favorite character. Star Wars brings families together. It does. It should. So your your favorite favorite film? I I always go Empire. In fact... Empire. Um, my wife actually, um, for my 30th birthday, rented out a theater 
just so we could uh, have champagne and watch Empire together in a oh. throwback to uh, one of our first dates. That is impressive. Way to go, Mass. And that's uh, I my thirtieth birthday. I think we had a surprise party that I had to clean for. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's like, why are we cleaning the house so well? What is happening? And then the next day there was a surprise. But I should have caught on. I wasn't very bright. Now I know. She'll never trick me into cleaning again. Um, and that was yeah. the last time you ever cleaned the house. Pretty much. I, pretty I do much. love I, – now, and I know a lot of controversy with The Force Awakens. Um, I loved it. I, I, it. Was it a perfect movie? No, but I think it was everything I was looking for in a movie. Uh, there's mystery. You had the original characters back there. Uh, they didn't overdo it. They brought in the new characters with BB-8 and Finn and, of course, Ray, who's Ray's dad. I hopefully maybe uh, – if it's like Lost, we'll never get an answer, uh, which is a J.J. Abrams thing. I think thing. we'll get an answer. I, I think we, we get an answer in the next next one, I hope. I don't want to not get an answer. No, and, and I uh, – yeah, we, we absolutely will. Um, I have my theories. Everyone's got their own theories. Maybe we'll talk about that in a preview show in the future. But we need to kind of wrap this part up yeah. so we can uh, get into the Falcon and hit hyperspace into uh, the second part of the show, which will be our Rogue One review, which, of course, will be full of spoilers. Yes, I am looking forward to the review. I hope you guys enjoy our review. Not sure what it's going to be yet. But uh, we'll find out in just a few seconds. Sounds good. But before we go, we want to give a shout-out to the sponsor of this show. She is a Star Wars fanatic as well, the Robe Drop Queen, Michelle McKnight. And she is great at helping you book those uh, Disney cruises, those Star Wars uh, trips that day at sea. I know she has helped us with the Disney dream. Of course, it's got the Millennium Falcon mm -hmm. on board for my kids to play in. Jedi training on board on every sailing. And and you know what? Speaking of Jedi training, she'll give you all the info on Disneyland and at the studios, help you navigate the parks. Uh, she helped us uh, find the perfect time to get fast passes for Star Tours when we go this next time because, hey, my kids are finally tall enough and ready to actually do Star hey. Tours. And so that is a must-do. That will be all over social media. So contact us with any information uh, with Michelle the Rope Drop Queen, and she will put you in touch with her, and she can help you book a magical uh, vacation that does not take place a long, long time ago. That will take place somewhere in the future because she is, <laughs> as well, a Star Wars fanatic. But, Doug, let's uh, set the coordinates to hyperspace for a few hours from now when we've seen the movie. And get ready and punch it! Doug, all right. Right, we just saw the movie. Uh, I know you saw it a little bit before I did. I literally just got back from the theater, sitting down with you, and wow, I I will go into the review, but I'm just I I loved it, um, mm -hmm. and it's just it was wow, what a what a great movie, and and for you guys listening, spoilers, spoilers galore. Um, so you've been warned. But Doug, what what did you think? What was your first I impressions? It, I mean, I think it surpassed all my expectations. Um, my, my expectations weren't quite as high as Episode Seven, right? I knew this was going to be something different. It was something different, but it definitely surpassed even the expectations there. Yeah, I I, I went into this movie um, 
without seeing, I saw the trailer one time. I didn't read any reviews, anything. So I went in with a completely blank slate, and uh, except for a few friends uh, who did, you know, set, put things on Facebook. Uh, you know, I my expectations were about maybe you know hoping for a seven or eight, but it just it definitely did better than what I expected. Um, I know I kept texting you spoilers all day. I know, me. and and I threatened you many times today. Uh, you know, yeah. with two fake kids. spoilers. Yes, so I know, but fake you weren't the only one texting me. And uh, you know, with two kids, we had to set up babysitting and stuff like that, so we couldn't go to the midnight showing. So, but let's let's jump right on in. I mean, I, the first thing that we heard a lot of complaints about was, of course, the crawl. Uh, for you guys who have seen the movie, you realize, oh, there wasn't a crawl. And I think everyone in the audience kind of felt like kind of robbed a little bit. It's like a long, long time ago, and you're expecting something, and then nothing. Uh, jump yeah. right into the movie. I was okay with it. It doesn't have to have a crawl. It's not in the direct order of the movies you know maybe that's what's going to separate these standalones i'm okay with it i know they debated it mm-hmm. i read up on it since i saw the movie and it was in it was out it was in it was out um it's a movie that is born out of a crawl the whole plot is summarized in the crawl of a new hope yep so it's kind of odd that the movie that came from a crawl doesn't have a crawl but it didn't bother me one bit. I, I kind of wish, I feel like the beginning of the movie, uh, we're jumping around planet to planet, world to world. It's kind of hard to follow. Uh, I'm really excited to view it for a second time. I think I'll pick up on a lot more things. Uh, I, I Crawl would have been nice to kind of establish, because I didn't even know in the time frame, like I've tried to stay away from anything of this movie. I thought it was like five years before A New Hope. I didn't realize huh? it's literally moments before A New Hope. It- it, yeah, it's basically the next scene is a new hope, just to give away the end almost there. But yeah, it's it is leading right up to. It. I mean, the very beginning of Rogue One is not right before New Hope. It's what six, uh, twenty years something like that before a New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, when they go and they they basically kidnap him, um, and they talk a lot about uh, the crystals. And those crystals are real important to the Jedi. And there's probably a lot of people that will be in the theaters over the next week that don't quite care or understand about the Kyra crystals. But uh, she wears one on her neck the whole movie, and they never really address that. I, it bo- that actually bothered me. I, I like, really wanted I something to be done with it. I don't know if that was supposed to be Luke Skywalker's lightsaber in Return of the Jedi something. I was hoping it would it yeah. would do something, but it's like, eh, eh to get a crystal. Um, I did like, not only did I like how they talked about the crystals, there was a crazy amount of hidden details that only true Star Wars fans would pick up on. Not just like the C-3PO cameo, but there was just a lot of, a lot of little things throughout the movie. Um, uh, one of my favorites was the, uh, the two villains, the one who gets his arm cut off in A New Hope, ah. uh, you know, makes a cameo appearance. There's a lot of cameos, uh, Grandma Talkins in it, you know, CGI and everything. It's, creepy, it's it was a lot of a lot of great uh, great details that a lot of Star Wars fans would get, including you watching Rebels. Mm-hmm, uh, I know you yeah. caught up on that. There's a lot of I, Rebels. I stuff did kind of text you uh, a spoiler. I sent that GIF of Chopper. Um, did you see Chopper? Nope. I've I have successfully ignored all your texts today. Oh, you didn't look at all. Now, well, I I sent Chopper just thinking it wasn't really a 
a spoiler, but then I thought, oh, Derek could see this as a spoiler because Chopper is in the background on Yavin 4. So, and they uh, they announce over the intercom General Sindola, so um, that's Hera um, yep. from Rebels. And the ghost, um, you can see it a couple times in the movie. So the Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, that's on Disney XD, uh, I'm glad to know they don't all die before A New Hope. They make it. There's a little bit of um, canon with it, so that's nice to know as well. Yeah, so it fits in, and uh, so that's good. What, but, what are uh, some of yeah. the things that may have bothered you with the movie? You know, unless, um, unless you think it was a perfect 10. you know, It's not there. perfect. Yep. No movie's perfect. Um, it was too short. I could have taken another 10, 15 minutes to develop some plot a little bit more, a little more character depth, like the uh, the uh, Imperial pilot that got the message mm-hmm. out. I think we could have had more um, lines from him. Grant, he kind of had his brain scrambled there at one point, so I don't know if he was quiet because of that or not, but uh, could have done a little more with his background. Um, maybe, um, man, I can't remember all the characters' names right off the top of my head, but the one... The, the blind um, guardian of the oh, temple. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, like maybe have him use the force just to hair. Yeah. Because um, he clearly was force sensitive. Um, it would have been nice to do something with that, but uh, a little bit more. That's where the 10, 15 minutes could come from. It's probably on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some deleted scenes. It, it will scenes. be interesting to see what they released that, that didn't make the final cut. The, the extended director's cut type that of thing. That seems to come I think out with every movie nowadays. Yeah, I think that's the version I wanted. That's my only complaint. When you're complaining that, that the movie is too short, I think that's a pretty good complaint. That, like, that means the movie's pretty solid. Yeah, I, I only had a few things. Um, I, some of the CGI looked off to me at times. Uh, some of it was phenomenal. But uh, Grandma talking, you know, the first scene, I was like, oh, my gosh, he looks like a rubber character. Really bugged me. Uh, took me out of the movie. And, and maybe I overanalyze uh, things like that. Um, and the other thing, you know, that bugged everyone in the theater. We, I had a couple other Rope Drop radio listeners uh, we went with. And uh, was the best scene of the movie is also the most frustrating because it's in the last part where Darth Vader just mauls down a bunch of... I, and everyone's like, we wanted more of that. We wanted to see more. Darth Vader really just has a glorified cameo in the movie. And this is the height of his power. And you really wanted a little bit more story with him. Five minutes more would have been great, I think, even to bring all these movies together. Yeah, he could have been in a little more. I think, though, his screen time was effective. It wasn't just... Here's Darth Vader for a few minutes, and now we're taking him away. He actually had a function, a purpose to telling the story. Um, that was good. Uh, but, yeah, a little more of him would have been nice. Um, and, you know, the, you mentioned they jumped around a lot of different planets in the first act, right? Yep. Um, and into the second act. And part of the reason we haven't heard about a lot of those planets is because, um, well, things got blown up. There's really not much to go back and visit after the Death Star kind of visits your system. So that might be part of why it was a little bit confusing. Could have used a little more development. Um, yeah, there was a lot of Easter eggs, though. I think I'm, I get to see it again tomorrow, and I'll mainly be watching for Easter eggs tomorrow. Well, that'll be good, and you'll have to tell them to me. I know... Um... I really liked uh, Jin, uh, Jin uh, played by Felicity Jones. Uh, and, and no, my favorite part is, 
is she is not the mother of Ray. I know there's a lot of rumors floating around that this movie is going to reveal that she's the mother of Ray, and thankfully she was not. Yeah, uh, not. Uh, which uh, so that that rumor is laid to rest. So, but she did an incredible job, um, and and probably one of my favorite things was how well the cast did acting. Yeah. A really good cast. Great. Everyone was on their A game. Uh, Alan Tudyk, of course, is uh, the uh, KS, K2SO. Uh, K2, he yeah. was hilarious. Yeah, and, a little Sheldon Cooper-esque at times. A bit. Um, a bit, but not nearly as nerdy. Yep. Uh, Donnie Yen, of course, uh, the with the Force-sensitive thing. I mean, just everyone was on their A game. Uh, probably some of the best acting I've seen in a movie in a while. Uh, so that that definitely adds to it. I, I like that this movie. Um, the rebels weren't all you know. It's the dark and the light side mm-hmm. in a lot of Star Wars movies. Well, the rebels weren't all light, and the, you saw some parts of the Empire that weren't all dark. Um, like Cassian, you know, the intelligence officer, the, the main main character, along with Jen or so. Um, you know, he has that informant in the very one of the very early scenes. And it's clear his informant is not going to hold it together, so he just he just takes him out, he yep. shoots him. Yep. Not not very good guy like, right? A, there's a gray area. Is definitely in the gray, and they mentioned several times throughout the movie, like we've done things we're not proud of for this rebellion. We're not going to see it end here. And uh, then on the empire side, you know, her father's taken and helping to build the. The Death Star, and so from the Rebels' perspective, well, he's evil, right? Well, he he's the one that built in the booby trap, basically. Mm-hmm. So not everybody with the Empire was, you know, definitely not there by their own free will. So some of them still managed to do good within the evil. So I like that it wasn't all black and white. We saw a lot of gray. Um, that was a little different than all the other movies. We, you know, other than like. Anakin going back and forth between light and dark there and Revenge of the Sith and then at the very end of um, Return of the Jedi he you know flips back to good you don't see much gray area in Star Wars so it was kind of nice to have a movie that was essentially in the gray area mm-hmm. uh, yeah how about the action oh I loved it it was a war movie it was, it was, and, and that's what and that's what the uh, the director um, uh, I'm spacing on his name at the Edward said uh, it was going to be a war movie. In the last thirty minutes, I felt like I was watching uh, Steven Spielberg, you know, directing Saving Private Ryan at times. So the action was just was so realistic. Using the shaky cam effectively, I'm very hit and miss on shaky cam. They did it very well. Uh, it really put you right in the sound. I think that's the biggest thing. They redid yeah. the sound three months before the release, um, music and sound effects and, and everything, and just uh, did great. You know that that's one of those things where you're in the zero hour, you make big changes like that, and it was for the better. Yeah, and the dogfights with the X wings, the A wings, all those, the bombers, everything. They're trying to take out that shield gate. That scene was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a couple point of view shots too, which I. I really liked um, when they mixed those in and uh, some throwbacks to A New Hope um, with some of the pilots mm-hmm. of the X-Wings and the other bombers. and um, Yeah, and they used that Hammerhead Corvette. And it's kind of funny. I was just flipping through channels and my kids stopped on Rebels, an older episode. And it was the episode where Leia smuggled the Rebellion, those three Hammerhead Corvette spacecraft. 
Oh, cool. Right. Yeah, so as a callback yeah. to Rebels. See, I didn't even yeah. catch up on so, that one. Um, that was that ship. That's how the Rebellion got that ship was Leia um, let them steal it. Wow. Well, we are we are a little over our 10 minutes. Oh, we said we we're going to do yeah. a 10-minute we, review. That don't, don't worry about it. So overall score on a scale of 1 to 10, what would you give this movie? Like a 9-5? Okay, so Somewhere. I go about a 9. Uh, so, you know, I have a couple issues here and there. But it was overall from Doug and Derek's little movie review here, it was a good movie, and we highly re- recommend everyone seeing it. Whether you're, I think even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you would find some enjoyment. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you enjoy action, it's going to have that. If you enjoy a good story that gets you invested, you, you get invested in these characters and, you know, we knew what was going to happen to these yep. characters before we ever saw it. We knew it was not going to end well for anybody. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. I just got a text a little while ago from um, one of our wit- listeners as well. It was like, well, that really wasn't a Christmas movie. Everybody no, died. Yep. Like, yeah, we knew that going in. I don't know if, if uh, they knew that quite. I guess not everybody is well aware of that going in, that everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was great. If you haven't seen it, well, I, I'm sure you have because we warned you spoilers galore. So we want to hear from you guys. We're going to put on our Twitter and our Facebook. Uh, we want to hear what you thought of the movie. Uh, let's try to keep these comments spoiler free. Though my favorite part of the whole thing was I walked out of the theater and I go, Oh my gosh, Luke or uh, Vader was Luke's dad and had a bunch of people cracking up. So uh, spoilers. So, Wait a- I know, I ruined well, it for everyone. Um, but we want to hear, you know, did you like it? What do you give kind of score? What are some of your favorite parts? So here in a, probably a couple days, we'll let some of the other people catch up and see the movie, and then we're going to post that. So be sure to like and comment. Oh, one other thing, Derek. Yep. So, you know, a lot of people were sitting there waiting through the credits, and uh, we had looked up, there's no end scene mm-hmm. after the credits. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you're listening, you can get up and leave. That's because there's an entire movie that is the end credit scene. Like you don't need. Oh yeah, a new see, hope is right it's there. All there. a new hope, and you get the title of the movie right at the end from Leia. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? It's hope. Yep. They have a new hope. All right. So awesome. Well, thank you for listening to the Rogue Drop Radio Star Wars special and our second half, the Rogue One review from Derek and Doug. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and of course we are two huge Star Wars fanatics and love to talk to you about it. So if you have any questions, want to share your thoughts and opinions, send us a message and we would love to go back and forth with you. So uh, thank you for listening. This has been really fun. I can't wait to see the Star Wars experience as it gets put together and enjoy, you know, maybe we'll have to go to episode eight together. Instead of going at different times, Doug, let's just, we'll plan it now in a year. We'll do that one together. Yeah, we'll have to do the the premiere night. Um, did you see it in 3D, Derek? We no, didn't ever discuss no, that. No, I went, 3D. I went 3D on the big screen with Atmos surround sound and it was worth every penny. Okay, well, that's good to know. I'm not a big 3D guy, but... uh Yep, I did the old school 2D and the comfy seats. So we don't usually upgrade to the comfy seats. So tickets are an extra of four bucks, but it, it really? was worth it to have those seats that kind of recline and your feet go uh-huh. up. So. See, my theater is all comfy seats, Derek. Yeah, I live. I live in a small. I live in the small city. You live in the big city. So 
All right. Well, we can we'll Thanks. continue that debate for another time as we continue to watch everything Disney puts together from Star Wars to Marvel and, of course, Disney Animation. So thank you again for listening to Rope Drop Radio. Uh, for Doug, I'm Derek. Have a good night.